Nick Abbott on LBC. Call 0345 6060 973. Let's go to America now and talk to LBC's Washington correspondent, who is on the line, Simon Marks. Hello, Simon. Hello, Nick. Now, the uh, Republicans squeaked a very narrow victory, didn't they, in the House of Representatives? Have I got that right? You have. You've got that right. And the very first thing that they did was to say that um, they weren't really interested in improving the lot of the American people. What they wanted to know was what's on Hunter Biden's laptop. Uh, yes, that's exactly correct. I mean, it was notable that while Nancy Pelosi, uh, the soon-to-be former Speaker of the House of Representatives, was giving her farewell speech on the floor of the House of Representatives, there were very few Republicans in the chamber. Uh, and when asked where they all were, uh, reporters were told they were in meetings. Well, we very rapidly uh, thereafter discovered what those meetings were all about. Uh, the Republicans who, of course, from January will have the ability to control the committees uh, in the House of Representatives because they will be in that wafer-thin majority taking over from the Democrats. Uh, say that uh, the um, committee members who are going to dominate the House Oversight Committee have discovered all sorts uh, of things relating to Hunter Biden's laptop that now require immediate investigation. They held a press conference saying that they have concluded their own investigation uh, that has led them to believe that there are uh, emails contained on that laptop that raise all sorts of questions uh, first promulgated by former President Donald Trump when he accused the Bidens of being an organized crime family <laughs> uh, and the Republicans are saying that these uh, these findings uh, relate to claims of possible human trafficking by members of the Biden family of corrupt business practices practices in various parts of the world and that's after you get past all the lurid photographs that hunter biden took of himself and uh, himself with other people that also uh, feature prominently in that laptop now you know we've all known about the claims relating to this laptop for a good long while just to remind everybody and we now know this was indeed hunter biden's laptop and he appears for reasons that have never been fully explained to have dropped it off at a computer repair place in in um, uh, Delaware, yeah. where, of course, the Biden family lives. He well, was probably stoned at the time. I, well, I, I mean, there is that is indeed a <laughs> suggestion that uh, it may well have been the case. Yeah. And he never bothered to pick it up. And uh, the guy who ran uh, the computer store thought that was all very strange and looked at the laptop and then uh, apparently decided that it contained a trove of data that mm. needed to be given to the FBI. So he gave it to the FBI, but he also kept copies of everything that was on that laptop. And there's no question that it contains uh, emails that require explanation. Yeah. Um, and so the Republicans say they are absolutely determined to begin an investigation of of the Bidens, plural, as soon as they get their hands on the uh, the Speaker's gavel in January of next year when the new Congress resumes. And that, of course, is absolutely making good on the promises they made on the campaign trail. I mean, they've spoken about trying to impeach the Attorney General, the FBI Director, the Secretary of Homeland Security, uh, and to tie the Biden administration up in investigative knots through uh, a whole bunch of different committee hearings. And Part of what's taking place here, Nick, is that given that the Republicans are going to have a wafer-thin majority in the House of Representatives, the Trump-backed 
more conservative wing of the party in the House is also engaged in a bit of muscle flexing and sending a message not just to the White House, but also to the more moderate uh, chunk of Republicans in the House of Representatives, that they... Uh, the right-wing elements intend to exercise quite a bit of muscle. So if the Republican uh, leadership wants to get stuff done, uh, they cannot take the right-wing for granted. So the stage is set for a fair old bit of drama starting next January. Yeah, and they, they do actually have a point. There, there, there is um, some nefarious stuff. I mean, you talked about the pictures. I mean, really, who cares about that? Yeah. But, but there is evidence that Hunter Biden was... Now, it, there's, there doesn't appear to be any evidence that the president was helping Hunter Biden, but there is evidence that Hunter Biden was leveraging his family's name to make money, which is something, of course, that no Trump offspring would ever do. <laughs> well, well, exactly. Um, but there is definitely evidence that Hunter Biden was leveraging the family name uh, to make money for himself. And there's at least one email on there uh, that at least raises questions about whether any uh, of that money might have been earmarked for his father, the president. It depends on how you read the particular phraseology that is used in the email because it doesn't identify precisely to whom uh, the uh, uh, is being referred to when they talk about the big guy. I mean, that could be read as uh, Hunter Biden's father uh, or there may be some other explanation for it that we that we don't yet understand. I mean, look, I think Democrats have known for a while that Hunter Biden is a problem and, and for President Biden who has consistently said publicly there's nothing to see here. Hunter Biden uh, is pure as the driven snow. Yes, he had all sorts of uh, difficulties plaguing his life, including uh, an addiction to drugs, among other things, but he's put all that behind him. But President Biden has steadfastly refused to uh, accept that there's anything to see here whatsoever. Uh, and, you know, some of those uh, claims may come back to haunt him as this Republican investigation continues. You are, however, absolutely correct that in the annals of history, uh, any efforts the Hunter Biden might have been uh, making to feather his own nest financially uh, are likely to pale in comparison <laughs> with uh, the various activities of the Trump's adult children yeah. uh, during the four years that uh, the former president was in the White House. But at the same time, you know, it's not a competition. If one side shouldn't be doing it, the other side shouldn't be doing, uh, doing it either. And now they've got the keys to the House of Representatives. The Republicans are going to be able to advance this inquiry. Now, there's another inquiry, of course, into Donald Trump himself, and there's been um, a development in that a special prosecutor, is that how it's uh, described? That's correct, a, yes. A special prosecutor has now been appointed to look into two things regarding Trump. First, the, the uh, January the 6th assault in the Capitol building, and also this bizarre purloining of secret files mm. and the stashing of them for reasons unknown at his uh, gilded hideaway. Now, does this um, special prosecutor mean that things are going to move more quickly or more slowly? Well, most observers believe that things are going to move more slowly, and that has been deeply irritating to uh, Democrat supporters, supporters of the White House, who don't really understand why uh, President Biden isn't already facing criminal indictment. The appointment Trump, of mean, Trump. I'm sorry, President Trump isn't already facing criminal. Uh, former President Trump, yeah. to get it right, isn't facing criminal indictment. Uh, the Attorney General of the United States, Merrick Garland, made this decision and announcement on Friday. 
notably just a matter of what uh, 72 hours after former president trump announced that he's going to be a candidate uh, for the presidential nomination of the republican party ahead of the 2024 election and the attorney general said well that made these two probes that the department of justice are leading into the conduct of donald trump too hot a political potato to handle, that you had to put these investigations into the hands of a special prosecutor because these special prosecutors have semi-independence from the Department of Justice. They're given budgets to open offices, hire staff, depose witnesses and reach a conclusion as to whether criminal charges are justified and if they are, they at the end of this process then go back to the Attorney General and say, from an independent standpoint, uh, we believe criminal charges are justified. It's now up to you to decide whether you're going to bring them or not. Mm. That's a long and laborious process, even though a lot of the spade work's already been done by the Department of Justice. Nonetheless, this special prosecutor, Jack Smith, he's not even in Washington yet. He's been over in The Hague prosecuting war crimes cases. So he's got to get back here. There's going to be millions of pages of documents for him, along with the investigators that he now uh, appoints to sort through and sift through. Uh, they said on Friday this is all going to be done expeditiously, but they didn't provide any definition of what that means. Uh, and President, uh, former President Trump uh, said, I'm not going to partake uh, of this process. So he's obviously going to try and run the clock out for as long as possible. So there's frustration among many supporters of the White House that Merrick Garland didn't bring criminal indictments against Donald Trump sooner we knew he wasn't going to do it within a 60-day window of the midterm elections. He could have done it before the midterm elections, or he could have done it in the six days that elapsed between the midterm elections and Donald Trump announcing that he's going to be a candidate for re-election in 2024. Yeah. But this is where the country finds itself, and it means, I'm afraid, and I can't emphasise how much I mean that, <laughs> it means that we are going to be talking about this investigation and Donald Trump for months and months to come. Yes. Has anyone in the history of America ever been treated more favourably by the forces of law and order than Donald Trump? Well, it is pretty extraordinary. I mean, he's already seen one special prosecutor off, remember, because Robert Mueller was appointed a special prosecutor to look into claims of collusion between the Trump campaign and the Russians in 2016, ended up indicting 34 people in the course of his investigation, none of them named Donald Trump or Trump. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then, of course, at the end of that investigation, concluded that there was insufficient evidence to bring criminal charges relating to collusion between uh, the Trump campaign uh, and the Russians, at least as far as uh, the then president was concerned. So he's seen one special prosecutor off. This is going to be his second. There have been a raft of other uh, efforts to hold him accountable, including uh, the, the, um, the uh, investigation down in the state of Georgia that we've talked about before, relating to that magnificent phone call where he calls up the Secretary of State in Georgia uh, after the 2020 election and says, I just need you to go and find me another 12,000 votes yeah and st and still you know <laughs> with one bound uh donald was free yes um and so you know there is obviously considerable frustration on the part of democrats but equally uh, donald trump is uh, portraying himself as a man who has been persecuted uh, i am a victim he said at that speech at mar-a-lago on yeah. tuesday night he even got his son eric to stand up and he claimed that Eric has been subject to more subpoenas 
you know, those orders that legally compel you to testify when you don't really want to, than anyone in history, including, <laughs> he claimed, Al Capone and Billy <laughs> the Kid. Wow. And he clearly saw this as a bit of a badge of honour. I don't know if Eric Trump views it the same way, but it was all part of the claim that there's a persecution complex underway. And that obviously gives him a chance, you know, to portray himself as a martyr uh, to his supporters and to Republicans as he goes into what is going to be a very fierce nomination battle. Yeah, he complains and complains and complains, and he shortly will be able to do that, should he choose mm -hmm. to, on Twitter, because Elon Musk uh, took um, the opportunity to put an, an online poll on Twitter, should I reinstate Donald Trump, and by, uh, I think, 48 to 52, the people who responded to that poll said yes. That's a very suspicious ratio that keeps cropping up over and <laughs> yes. over, doesn't it? 48-52, <laughs> very odd. You could have guessed it. <laughs> yeah, but um, despite the fact that Trump won... Am I right in thinking that he has refused to go back on Twitter? Well, so so the account ha is now accessible again. You can view, if you wanted to go through the back catalogue, you can view the whole archive of real Donald Trump uh, on Twitter because um, it's back and uh, restored. Trump, over on his own proprietary uh, uh, social media app, Truth Social, uh, indicated that he wanted everybody to vote to put him back on Twitter but that he was perfectly happy, uh, uh, I don't know what the phrase is on Truth Social, but tweeting away on Truth Social instead of uh, on Twitter. Uh, so as of yet, he has not published a message on Twitter. I'm not entirely certain how long that kind of restraint uh, is going to uh, hold. Um, but, you know, there are questions about whether he takes advantage of this move by Elon Musk. I mean, first of all, as for that poll... I mean, first of all, let's remind ourselves that just a few days ago, Elon Musk was telling everybody that Donald Trump would not be allowed back on Twitter mm. until he had convened what he described as a content moderation council of uh, wise greybeards who were going to give him advice on uh, whether to restore accounts of all sorts of people that have been banned permanently from Twitter over the last few years. Well, we never heard any more of that. And in fact, I believe Trump has, uh, 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 Musk has now deleted the tweet in which he claimed he was going to create a content moderation council. Then he held this this online poll, which, of course, is completely unscientific. You've no idea who voted, how many of those people participating were real as opposed to troll-controlled bots. Impossible to know. Yeah. And lo and behold, he said, the people have spoken. It's time to bring Donald Trump back on Twitter. Mm. He's got a problem, Elon Musk, and it's on <laughs> Capitol Hill uh, with Senator Ed Markey, a Democrat from Massachusetts, who has now, uh, even before this happened, written to the Federal Trade Commission calling on them to open an inquiry uh, into Elon Musk's handling of Twitter. And, you know, as the spectacle gets more and more bizarre um, behind the walls of Twitter, I mean, there's so few people working there now, you wonder how the thing is still switched on. Yes. Um, uh, then Musk is going to find himself, I think, facing all sorts of questions from uh, the FTC and possibly other government agencies in the weeks ahead. And, and just finally, it's um, it, it's worth saying um, a word or two about Nancy Pelosi, who's retiring. I it think is, she's at the yeah. age of 82. It's, it's difficult to know which um, of her actions I uh, find the, the, the most <laughs> delightful. Is it the one where she tore up his State of the Union address at the moment that Donald Trump had just finished speaking? Or is it the one on January the 6th when... 
if Trump had made it to the Capitol building, Nancy Pelosi said she was going to punch him out. Hard to choose, isn't it? Hard to choose. I'm knowing you as well as I do, Nick. I'm going to go with tearing up the speech, but it could have been the other one. Um, look, this is a big moment. I mean, the first woman... Uh, to become Speaker of the House of Representatives. She's been the Democrats' leader up on Capitol Hill for the last 20 years. As Speaker of the House of Representatives, second in line for the presidency after uh, Vice President Kamala Harris. And in terms of her prominence within the Democratic Party, uh, you cannot um, escape the fact that she has been one of the more effective financial rainmakers for that party. She has got an incredible fundraising operation rooted in large part in her own personal wealth out in California, and she has shoveled boatloads of money into Democratic Party campaigns all over the United States, which is one of the reasons for her longevity. And speaking of her longevity, at 82, announcing she wouldn't stand for the leadership again, she's moving to the back benches, she said she believed it was time to pass the torch to a younger generation of Democrats. And that speech was made just a matter of days before President Biden turned 80. Mm. He turned 80 today. And there are lots of Democrats out there privately over the dinner table saying to each other, you know what, if Nancy thinks it's time to hand the torch over to a younger generation, I wonder if Joe's going to do the same thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, you can view those comments as a bit of a message to the White House from Nancy Pelosi that maybe Joe Biden shouldn't seek another term in office. Good to talk to you, as always, Simon. Simon Marks, LBC's US correspondent. Uh, back to your thoughts on the World Cup shortly. This is LBC.